and welcome to another episode of Dr. Me First. It's me, your colleague in medicine and coach in life, Dr. Frickin' Aaron Wiseman. And I am here today with a friend who I didn't even know was a friend until we got on the podcast. And then she sent me her workbook after our conversation. And I was like, oh my God, we are seriously soul sisters. Well, this is Dr. Leslie Koenig. She is a board-certified emergency medicine physician. She's an Afghanistan combat veteran, and she is the creator of Stress Relief Survival Guide. Yes, that is the workbook that she sent me. It is so good. Oh my gosh. I can't believe how synced up we are in our brain waves. So much of the stuff that's in her workbook is what I use in my coaching. So your kick of encouragement is actually going to be one of her exercises that she developed. So I'm going to share it with you because it's amazing. All right, well, let's get into this conversation. Forgive my sound quality, but it's still an amazing talk. Okay, here we go. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Leslie Koenig. It's so great to have you on here with me today. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, tell everybody out in podcasting world a little bit about yourself, what you're doing in the world and the special magic you've created. Oh, sure. Thanks for asking. So uh, yeah, Leslie Koenig. I currently live in Omaha. I am an emergency physician. Uh, let's see. I did my training at Loyola in Chicago for med school. Then I joined the Navy and I was active duty for eight years. I to Afghanistan um, when I was at attending as an emergency doctor. And then I got out about four years ago and settled here in Omaha. Uh, two kids, you know, two little girls, husband, dog, you know, usually the, work. the works. Yeah, the work. <laughs> well, I'm recording this on Veterans Day. So happy Veterans Day to you. Thank you for your service. Yeah, thank you. I really do appreciate it. I always admire people whenever we talk to it. I grew up a Navy brat. And so it was one of those that my dad was the total opposite. He was like, no, you're not going into the military, even though I wanted to. Really? Yes. Oh, yeah. man, I loved my time. You know, I, and my kids will say like, mommy, I want to be a doctor when I grow up. And I'm like, you can be whatever you want, you know, and, but they haven't said anything about the Navy yet. But if they did, I'd definitely encourage that. Well, awesome. Well, the word we're going to roll around today is stress. So tell me a little bit about why you picked it, like the backstory. Oh gosh, that's a long story, but to make it short, <laughs> uh, I think for a long time, I tried to just gut out facing stress and it kind of boiled over a few times and I didn't realize the problem was me and that I was slowly burning myself out, kind of, you know, burning the candle at both ends. And gosh, what happened? I think when I had kids was when I really started to address it and I started meditating, even though I hated it. I was like, this is not for me. I am way too go, go, go. Can't handle this whole sitting and being quiet thing. And then I tried it again for some reason when I think, you know, one of those like breathing classes for, for having a kid. And I was like, oh, wait a minute, this works. And then I realized it helped me sleep, you know, with all the shift work that we do in emergency medicine and uh, kind of the mind afterwards, like um, the, the thoughts that would go around. I realized that doing these techniques really helped with meditation and then I kind of started to expand more into it and realize like, okay, this is helping me a lot. I should probably look into more of this stress technique stuff because it does help me. So then when COVID hit, 
Uh, I was one of the first people in the state of Nebraska to get exposed to a patient. And at the time it was like, oh my gosh, am I a leper now? I don't know if I've been, if I got it, what's going on. So I was quarantined. I got stressed out, but then I realized like over that period of time, I'd accumulated a bunch of different techniques and the whole world was going crazy. And I thought, you know, I actually know a little bit about this, just kind of self-treating a lot of this and realize I'd been helping patients with it as I found techniques to help myself. So I decided to write a workbook to start with about how to address stress kind of from a low level to a high level stress and, you know, in the spirit of the emergency environment. Hell yes. We're going to have to like exchange workbooks. <laughs> yes. I was actually looking at yours. That looked awesome. We're just, we're just going to be pen pals. You just send me one and I'll send you one after the recording. Cause I love it. I love it. I love a good actionable workbook. Like I cannot do like a nonfiction 500 page self-help <laughs> book. I just can't. And so I'd love to hear that you wrote a workbook that you, you started the process why that you were the very first person <laughs> in Omaha quarantine. Oh my gosh. It was, we were all losing our minds at that point. Yeah. I remember I went into a room with one of my family medicine residents and I came out and, you know, and I was like, okay, we're sending this guy over to the hospital. He probably has COVID. And he like freaked out. And I was like, listen. Kind of like the first time you get amniotic fluid in your eye and that person doesn't have like an HIV and a hep C status on the chart. Like you're going to be okay. Not today, not tomorrow, but you're going to be okay. Yeah. And so I think that's how we all were, you know, March when it all, oh, like God. all the shit hit the fan. I know. I was just looking today at my like podcast downloads and like stuff I had been doing kind of like a year in review. And like, it was like January, February going up and then bam, March bottomed out, April bottomed out, May a little bit. And then yeah. June, like we started coming back, <laughs> but that's truly the trend. So talk a little bit more about the stress relief survival guide, because Lord knows, even though I've been doing this work forever, I need some of this in my life. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, gosh, how do I put it? So when I found out I was exposed to COVID, I was at my best friend from medical school's wedding. I was about to walk down the aisle when I got the call and I was told like, you need to leave immediately. So I immediately started freaking out. And that was probably one of the few times I was freaking out. Cause it was like this personal thing where it was like, I don't want to upset the bride and I'm supposed to go down the aisle. And I just hugged her dad who had a lung transplant. And I kind of then went back to my hotel room. I just did. I just left the wedding. I didn't even tell her. I didn't want to freak her out. So I started thinking about like, wow, that was some high level stress right there. And then, you know, before it was like low level stress and it kind of got me thinking of how, you know, how I would counsel myself. So when I sat down to write it, I initially did it as like this kind of like, I intended it to be something small. And then it just wrote itself because I realized that the different techniques that I personally used kind of for like yellow level stress, you know, if there's like a continuum, we like think of like, um, you know, like triage levels or like you know, national threat levels. It's kind of the same thing when stress hits you big time or even little wise, you know, like you can have little stressors here and there that kind of are that low level yellow stress. You just kind of get used to, but don't really address that leads to that burnout. And then it kind of ratchets up sometimes to orange, and then it'll really ratchet up to red sometimes. And I realized that there were different techniques that really worked better for how stressed you were. So for example, you know, you have a freaked out patient and you tell them, Hey, calm down, you know, think of logically how this is, you know, not a problem. And they just can't, you know, their brain just is not there and you cannot calm them down with that logical technique. So you need to use a different technique. However, sometimes when 
someone cuts you off in traffic and then you're venting about it later, you know, you have the immediate and then later on, you're not as stressed out, but it's still kind of low level. There's another technique you can use to address your stress level at that time. So that's how I really structured the workbook. And the workbook is kind of like me, not, not exactly ADHD, but like someone who really likes it, like just cut to the chase, get to the point. You know, I don't want that 500, you know, page self-help before you get to like the meat of the problem. So the workbook is structured where it's like a one page explanation of how to do it. And then it's like, do it. Okay. And then here's some worksheets to help you kind of uh, learn that better and go through it and figure out, is this a technique that works for you? So that later on, when you want to use it again, it's kind of in your brain and you've learned it very quickly, just in the span of like 10 minutes. And it's been... It sounds like it's been such an awesome thing writing the workbook that now you have like online videos that you can talk more directly to people. Talk me through a little bit about like what your video series is. And I love, I love like the, the levels, you know, like mm. we're in yellow, we're in orange, we're in red. And the next one I'm like, are we black? Are we red level <laughs> midnight yet? <laughs> there is black. It's so uncommon, but you know, I think I talk, I, do, I think I talked about that in my video course. So in my video course, I give more examples, like not only personally, but in the ER, how I applied them with patients and patient encounters. But then I also give some of the evidence behind them and talk through some, some things you may not know about stress and how it affects the body or why the techniques work uh, and the evidence behind the techniques. So that's what the video course gets more into. And then I actually do a little bonuses here and there with like, a happiness bonus and, you know, just a couple like extra tips in the course. There's also a couple other things like there's a Facebook group, there's a monthly Q and a, there's a bunch of downloads that you can do besides the workbook to help you stay on track and a couple extra, you know, freebies here and there just to kind of help you go through the workbook. So it's like the workbook times a hundred. I love it. I love it. Cause we own our little ADHD and need a little bit more in our lives. Talk to the facts about how, like, this is new. You've done this in the last eight months, got this mm-hmm. going. And I know there's a lot of listeners out there who either have an idea in their head or they put it down on paper, but they haven't, like, taken it to the next step. What would you do to, like, encourage them? Being that, like, you literally just did this. It's not like you've been doing this for, like, 10, 15 years type of thing. I think there's a lot of fear and self-doubt that stopped me before thinking like, who would want this? This has been done. Do I even have the time to do this? But for me, it was more about doing it for somebody else. You know, like I could have written this workbook and then not done anything with it, or I could have just started it and then stopped, but then I wouldn't be able to help anybody who needed my help. And that's what really, when I, when things got hard and they still get hard, don't get me wrong. Like (laughs) trying to keep this going is, is its own little baby. And just what keeps me going and drives me forward is I just know this stuff really, really works. And it helped me become a much better person. It made me a better doctor. It made me a better mother. It made me just feel better about myself, a better wife. Like it just makes everything better. But more than that, it was because I wanted to help other people. And I know that sounds like what a lot of people say, but most of us have that innate drive within us. You know, we want to do more good in this world. And that's why we became a lot, you know, a lot of us became doctors in the first place. And it's a really good place to do that on your own terms. So I would frame it like that in your head. If you start feeling stuck, like who is this for? And then just think of like, what would happen if no one gets to hear it? You know, how sad does that make you? 
And then just think of all the good you can do with what you're working on. I also think it's it's a really great point that like I started with a workbook, you started with a work, like you get to start small. I think sometimes in our doctor brains, we think like you got to have the website and like all the behind the scenes and be selling like $25,000 a month or, you know, like shooting for the moon. But really it's just like, just start, just start somewhere. And like, maybe it grows. Maybe it's a thing that you say, like when you're 70, like, oh yeah, by the way, I wrote this workbook and you know, 40 years ago type of thing. And so I think it's just like taking that and giving yourself the permission for it to be whatever it is and develop to whatever it is. Yeah. And I mean, it develops you as much as it kind of develops itself, I think. At least that's my experience. And yeah, just, you know, again, don't let fear stop you and just, yeah, just, just go for it. There's nothing wrong with, with putting yourself out there. And and the only person stopping you is you, you know, that damn imposter that lives between her ears. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. I, you know, I realized the other day how much I've kind of reflected and I was like, wow, I'm doing so much better on that front with the imposter syndrome since I, you just kind of like become a creator. Yeah. Um, well, you just tell her like, Hey sister we got to be okay. Yeah. If somebody tells us, yeah, that we really aren't qualified. Great. We'll address that. But like, let's just try this. Let's try it my way instead of you and your mean girl way. Oh yeah. 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 And sometimes the mean girls with inside of yourself, you know, like that comparison, you know, looking at like, Oh, look at that person. They're so successful. And how could I ever achieve that level of success? And you know, you almost get to start to get down on yourself and why should I even start? And it's like, no, you have your own voice. You have your own like truth. Just speak it. Yeah. Just get it out there. So where do you think the structural relief survival wise is going to go from here? Get the workbook, get the online stuff. You're feeling good about it. Mm-hmm. Any big dreaming from here? Uh, I'd like to see it implemented more on like with trainees, I think, because it is so rapid and to the point. I know, and I know when you, you know, when interns come in or med students come in, they're inundated with information. And I don't know about you, but I didn't get a whole lot of wellness kind of training when I went to school or even when I became an intern and a resident. And those are the most stressful times of my life. And I think now more residency directors and medical school, uh, medical schools are really realizing this. And that's where I'd like to see this applied more is earlier so that we can, you know, really thrive through our careers. And we can get these skills earlier. And what I would like them to do, instead of it like being wellness, like packed in around the edges, really think they need to like implant it in the heart of the middle of it. They're just Mm going to have to say like, yeah, we're not going to spend as much time on the Krebs cycle. Like you just have to memorize that and go learn. No, seriously. Like I think because right now we're not doing wellness well in training. And then that translates not doing it well into practice because we pack it around the edges. And like, it can't, Mm -hmm. it cannot be anymore. It has got to be like a centralized theme as important as showing up to grand rounds as important as showing up on time to clinic. It just has to be. And then the other thing too, is I think those leaders, the PDs, the deans of the medical schools, they got to change their thought processing. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's not all about me and my decisions and how this program runs. It has to be that two-way communication. We gotta break like the hierarchical bullshit because the way I'm sorry, but someone who is thirty years removed from training, it's different. It's mm-hmm. different now. And the trainees' yeah. expectations and needs and even obligations. Yeah, we still have the patient obligation, 
but now we've got this huge EHR burden. We've got, you know, so many more testing and assessments that they're getting done on them. Mm-hmm. And then there's all those internal obligations that I think that are kind of pounded into you in medical school and like, oh, if you want to be a good doctor, then you've got to publish and you've got to like do all the things that I really think it needs some pretty huge restructuring. Yeah. Yeah. There's all this like ideas that to be a good doctor, do you have to do X, Y, Z? And they forget about like the doctor themselves. And that's, that's where I think we need to start with like the person and build the person up so they can be of service to others you know, to really, and to support them, you know, to not just test the crap out of them and like pimp them all the time and say, you need to do this. You need to do that. It's also like, how are you? Okay. So like, so they can show up and be, you really be there for others. Cause it's going to be, it's, it's hard to do that when you're burnt out, even as a, you know, just as a student. Well, and the whole like baptism by fire thing. And I think that's why it's so important in the relevance of your work of like, it's going to be stressful but we don't need to make it more stressful. Like we don't need to like crank it up to, you know, black when a little, we all know this, a little pressure and a little stress is what kind of helps us in our zone of genius. It gets us into Mm -hmm. flow, but it's like when you're overextended over amount of time is when it gets bad. And so I love that you have the formula on how to address your stress, how to like think through it in appropriate levels exercises to go along with it. I just love all of this. Yeah. And I talk about that in uh, my video course actually is how to get to the flow state, because that's where you're your best self. That's where you are really on top of it, where your skill matches your expertise, matches the challenge level. And that's where you're in the good level of stress. And, you know, going into the orange zones and stuff is is good because it motivates you and it, it pushes you But you don't, you know, you want to be there for a little bit. You don't want to be like in the red zone all the time. Like so many of us remember being and how so many of us are even now because we never learn these. So there's still plenty of people out there, myself included, who needed to learn these because we didn't get them before. But now's the time. And there's this format that I found out. And the way I wrote it is exactly for people who don't have a lot of time, who don't want to sit down and who like never learned how to meditate, but they want the benefits. Like you can get that and you can do it really quickly and fast. And it's not that hard. You just got to do a little bit here and there. And this workbook in the video course teaches you that within like, I think in the video course, it's like 20 minutes for each lesson. So yeah, I love that. If people are interested in learning more about your work, where can they hang out with you? Like on Instagram or find you online? Uh, I am on Instagram, uh, stress relief survival guide. But then the best way is honestly Facebook. I have a Facebook group. It's called Stress Relief Survival Group. And you can always like find me on Facebook, friend me, and I'll go ahead and add you. Just let me know like, hey, I heard you. Like, I want to know about this group because I post all kinds of stuff in the group. I mean, way beyond what's in the Facebook or way beyond what's in the workbook. It, it ends up like my Facebook is the people who I really like open up to. And, and you know, you can exchange stories and get support and, and hear from other people. And yeah, it's just a great space. Well, Leslie, thank you so much for coming on Dr. Me First. It's an honor to call you colleague and friend. I'm so glad you have this platform for our people. And I'm just so honored to be here. So thank you so much. Hey, guys, I want to tell you a little bit about my free upcoming masterclass. It's all about helping you to ditch burnout and bring your badass self back. 
So what I'm doing is the last Sunday of every month at 2 p.m. Eastern time, we are all logging on with the theme to be happy now, rediscovering your inner badass, because I want that for you. So have you caught yourself thinking, I have to keep working, my job is too good to quit, maybe it's just me, I need another vacation. Everybody else looks fine. I shouldn't feel sad, anxious, and empty. And seriously, I am so fucking tired. If you have thought any of this, it's time to make a change, my friend, because there's so much more out there for you. And I would love, love, love to meet you in person on Zoom and talk about topics, why I think super achieving female physicians get stuck, how to start regaining more clarity in your current situation and what you really want, and walk away with some real tangible next steps to help yourself move forward in a life of sustainability, purpose, and joy. Because really, why stay stuck? Move out of the place of burnout, exhaustion, and despair and towards a life and work that you truly, absolutely fucking love. And I think it's just so great to be able to be in an opportunity now that you can come on the podcast and learn these things, but also to do it in a live event. So what you can expect from the masterclass is community. I'm going to be there. I don't know who else will, but that's okay. We're going to meet together on Zoom. We're going to engage for an hour. We're going to talk. We're going to learn. We're going to ask questions. And you are going to get support. You're going to have an opportunity to to talk as well, to ask any questions, all from the comfort of your own home on a Sunday afternoon with the dress code that is messy hair, don't care. So come in your yoga pants, come in whatever. You're going to be great. And I am just loving having you. So again, not only do you get free live coaching with me, you get a little bit of homework, you get answers to some of your questions, and you get to meet other people who are in the same situation and ready to support each other. So click the link in the show notes so that you can get signed up for the free masterclass because I send you some pretty fun bomb ass emails ahead of time to make you giggle and also so you can get the Zoom link. And I can't wait to see you there. I don't know how long I'll keep these going, but they've been a lot of fun every month and I would love love, love to meet every single one of you. All right, kick of encouragement time. First though, I am going to teach you or at least give you my interpretation of one of the exercises out of Dr. Leslie Koenig's Stress Relief Survival Guide Workbook. It's so good. Oh my gosh, guys, I have it on my desk right now and I think it will stay there for a very long time. But anyway, the technique I'm gonna teach you is actually one that she develops. I'm gonna read her exact words because they're just so good. It's called the battery technique, charge up your life. She says, you need a pin. Wait, not a battery? No, actually just a pin. This is a technique that she invented and she's found great benefits. On the back of your left hand, draw a minus sign with a circle around it. On the back of your right hand, draw a plus sign with a circle around it. All right, you just created the battery, which is you. Now set aside five or 10 minutes to do this exercise. Try doing it around your house first, like going room to room. As you progress, you can do it while you're sitting at your desk and help you to notice intrusive thought patterns. Dun, dun, dun because we all have them. All right, when you witness your thoughts being positive, take your pen and hold it in your right hand. When you witness negative, move it to the other hand. Consider how you might change the thought so you can move it back to the positive hand. 
while you're paying attention to your thoughts and making the note, hold the pen in both hands. So the note is where you like write down a post-it note or in her amazing workbook. The goal is not to be positive or negative here, people. It's not. When you hold the pen in both hands, you're charging. That's the goal. That is what you're getting at is the noting of your thoughts. So that's the technique. Super easy. She has some really fun graphics that go along with it. She does a step-by-step. Notice your thought. Is it positive or negative? When you're witnessing, hold the pen in both hands because remember you're charging. And then she gives a negative thought. My thoughts are negative right now. I'm really anxious. Put the pen in your left hand. Okay, how do I change my thought to positive? And you put it in both hands again. Four step, I'm calm enough to do this technique. My hands aren't cramping. At least there's that. Then you put it in your right hand. Nope, I'm losing it again. I think I can't. And then it goes in the both hands. So what essentially she's teaching us to do is a physical representation of the thought tornadoes that happen in our minds. And I think it's so important to notice this is because if you can make something physical, if you can like name it, if you can demonstrate it, then it's figure outable. I mean, think about it in science class. So I am a chem- had a chemistry minor, and there was so many times when I was first learning like molecular bonds or doing organic chemistry or stuff, like where you just had to draw it out, or you had to go like get a bunch of cotton balls and and think of them as atoms. It's the same kind of thing that we're doing with the battery technique here, and I love that she's actually put a name with it. She's developed a technique to go along with it. And I'm just so glad that I'm able to share it with you guys as well. So I am totally going to put a link to the workbook in the show notes because honestly, I think everybody who works with me, they're going to have to get a copy of this as well. Or you can find out more about it at stressreliefsurvivalguide.com. My quick of encouragement to go along with this today is you're not broken. Nothing has gone wrong here. It's just we need more awareness and more clarity about all the things that were happening in our mind. Because for too long, we've just been sitting back and being like, I'll deal with that later. Shove the stress into the closet. I'll deal with that later. Shove the fear into the closet. I'll deal with that later after I get over this total clusterfuck. It's time to start dealing with it. No more shoving stuff into the closet. We're going to like Marie Kondo this shit and clean out your inner mind closet. And having these type of exercises that are easy and to the point really make it different because guess what? This work is not hard. Transitioning out of burnout and finding the life that you love, it's not rocket science. It's not organic chemistry. But what it is, is consistency and courage and compassion and confidence, and clarity, all the C's. And so you got this. I talk to so many people who are just so utterly crispy with burnout, and they're like, Aaron, I can't do this. Like, I can't add coaching into my onto my plate. I've got like way too much. I'm already thinking about getting rid of my dog and quitting my job and getting divorced. And I just want to encourage you to say like, this is not one more thing. This is the igniter to start changing everything. This is the catalyst to induce a change. And so whether it's me, whether it's Dr. Leslie, whether it's any of my other guests and the phenomenal people who are doing this type of personal development work in the world, I want you to think about it not as something harder, not as something else to do on the to-do list. It is the thing to do. It is the catalyst for the change that you want. And so there you go. 
Thanks so much for hanging out with me. And as always, remember, your life, your calling, your pulse matters.